0: Pastor Xavier Rees with the simple truths about the glory of the resurrected Christ.
1: The words of those who Jesus appeared to as they gave witness of the death and resurrection of Jesus are very, very important. We're going to see it's more than two or three. The women in the tomb came. The men on the road to Emmaus saw Jesus resurrected. The ten disciples in the upper room saw Jesus resurrected. Paul the Apostle. 500 at one time. That's a lot of witnesses.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The many mansions prepared for us, the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, are but just a couple of examples of what's in store to see and do upon our arrival in Heaven. And even though the resurrected body of Christ was witnessed by many, exactly what form our glorified bodies will take on was just another question on the minds of the first century church at Corinth that we see Paul addressing. Pastor Xavier begins our study today with some background and simple truths about death and resurrection.
1: Every person will live in eternity. The question is, where will you live out eternity? In heaven with Jesus or separated from Him? That decision is made before you die here on what you believe about Jesus Christ. That's not not my opinion. That's a proclamation of Jesus in the gospel. Now, what I want to do for our study today is look at... Through the scriptures and inquire what is taught about death and resurrection. I want to do it from three perspectives. First, the words of the Old Testament about death and resurrection. We're not going to look exhaustively, but a few will be enough. Secondly, the words of the New Testament about death and resurrection. And then we'll finish up with the words for the timing of death and the resurrection. Now... We begin with the words of God because they're the first to be recorded as He warns against death in Genesis 2.15-17. through 17. In 2.15, God created a beautiful garden and placed Adam and Eve in it to cultivate it. Verse 16 of Genesis 2, God told them they could eat of every tree. Listen to this. Every tree. Freely of the garden. Every tree. But then in... 17th tome of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You cannot eat or you die. You will die. What is it they're looking for? That one thing. Literally, dying you shall die. Immediately after they partook, spiritually they died. They were a contradiction to the perfect holiness of God and the fellowship they had. Immediately followed and began physical death. Literally, the Hebrew says, dying you shall die. We go visit a baby. just been born in the hospital. Doctor brings it forth, slaps it. It cries. It begins to die. That baby begins to die. He's three years old. He's dying. He's dying. He's 12 years old. He's dying, dying, dying. He's 50 years old. Dying, dying. He's 81 years old. No matter how long you live, you're going to (laughs) die. All right? Now, the words of David tell us a little about death and resurrection. As you know, in 2 Samuel Uh, Chapter 12, verse 20 and 23 is what I'll comment on. David had fallen into adultery with Bathsheba. There was a a child that was conceived through the relationship. And David was seeking the Lord for the life of the child because the child was sick. And he had said he was going to die. That the Lord might be merciful to him. His servants were concerned about David. So as they looked upon him, they were concerned. When the child did die, they didn't want to tell him. They didn't know what he would do. David could see that the child had died. They were whispering. He says, is the child dead? He says, yes. Got up, washed his face, shaved, began to eat. He said, "What, "What? What? what's he doing? David said, listen, it's simple. While the child was alive, I sought the Lord that he might be merciful and allow the child to live. But now the child is dead. The child will not come back to me, but I will go to the child. David understood death and resurrection. Not real specific, but general. He understood it. He moved on in life. But nothing specifically was known about the conditions or existence until we'll see later on when Jesus gives the details. Now, the words of Job are also very important about death and resurrection because they were stated during a great trial of affliction, as you know. Many people ask the question, what is the purpose of the book of Job? Real simple. Ready? God is sufficient. Whatever comes to your life. God is sufficient. And Job is given as an extreme example. Just in case you think you have it bad. (laughs) Simple. Job um, in chapter 9 verse 32 and 33. Job was very aware of uh, man's problem. That of an intercession between God and man. And really Jesus is is Job's answer to his problem. Uh, There in uh, Job 9.32-33 says. For he is not a man as I am, speaking about God, that I may answer Him. And what we should go to court together. And that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay His hand on us both. Literally, an umpire. Well, you know, Jesus is that answer. First Timothy two five, Mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Hebrews 7.25 He is that mediator, that intercessor. Now, Job equally expressed his confidence in the um, resurrection. Listen to his words in chapter 14, verse 13 through 15. In 13, he says, Oh, that you would hide me, speaking to God, in the grave. Grave shield. We'll look at that more closely as we get along. That you would conceal me until your wrath is passed. That you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, verse 14, Shall he live again? He poses the question because he's going to answer it. All the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. He believed one day he's going to be changed, resurrected. And then 15 says, you shall call, I will answer you, you shall desire the work of your hands. I'm not only going to be raised, but I'm going to have to give an accountability of my life to God. People are going to be shocked when they stand before God and say, what did you do with my son? And these are the things you've done, these are the things you said. You didn't want to trust my justification, so now you have to stand on your own justification. What do you have to say for yourself? What do you say to that? Oh my! Job 19:25-27 prophesied of, of his redeemer Jesus, who would raise him from the dead. In 25, he says, "For I know that my redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth." Whoa! He believes the Genesis 3:15 prophecy of the virgin birth, the seed of the woman. A woman doesn't have seed, she has an egg. The man provides the seed. That's the first prophecy of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Job knew Genesis. 26 says, and after my skin is destroyed, this I know, that in my flesh I shall see God. Whoa, in my flesh. After it's destroyed. Resurrection. 27. Whom I shall see for myself, speaking about Jesus, the Redeemer, and my eyes shall behold and not another. How my heart yearns within me! I can't wait for it. <laughs> in the midst of suffering, now the words of the prophets about death and resurrection are equally recorded. Listen to Isaiah twenty-six nineteen. Uh, Paul, in fact, quotes it here in this chapter. Isaiah, the prophet, spoke of the dead bodies that would rise. From the dead one day. It says, uh, your dead shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. awaken, saying, sing. You who dwell on the earth. For your dew is like the dew of herbs. And the earth shall cast out the dead. Whoa. Talk about specific. Daniel the prophet. Daniel 12.2. Spoke of the future resurrection to everlasting life. And others to everlasting contempt or damnation. Without the separation of time listen and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt notice that the resurrection from the old testament passages the perspective did not point out the thousand years between the two resurrection ran them together okay The Old Testament is like um, a person declaring they're going to build a house. And then they start distributing the details. Give this guy the foundation work, this guy the plumbing, this guy the electrical, this guy the framing, this guy the stucco, this guy the insulation, this guy the gardening. And everybody has a portion and it all comes together when it's all together, it's complete. That's the Old Testament. The Old Testament was progressive revelation. The promise of redemption was given to Adam and Eve, as I mentioned in Genesis 3.15. The promise to the patriarchs was expanded throughout the years, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Genesis 12, 1-3, which is the second calling of Abraham, the first one is at the end of chapter 11. He disobeyed the first time and left with his father, went down to Haran, and he stayed there to the death of his father, Hebrews tells us. And then he answered the call again in chapter 12, a second call. And there he says, I will bless those that bless you. I will curse those that curse you. It's still valid today. He said, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to make you a nation. I'm going to make you a people. When you get to chapter 15, 1, 6, he expands the promise. When you get to chapter twenty two, seventeen, he expands it even more. And through the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, those prophecies are expanded, enlarged, more detailed. It's progressive. No one prophet, no one book has the entire revelation. It's progressive till it culminates in Christ Jesus the New Testament. By the way, here's a simple principle. Ready? The New Testament interprets the old. The Old Testament is foundational. The New Testament's fulfillment. The new interprets the old. The book of Hebrews gives us the interpretation. Okay? And the point that I'm making here. Now, the culture of the Old Testament promised the forerunner of, for the Messiah, John the Baptist. In the power and the spirit of Elijah, by the words of Jesus. And literally, Elijah will come before the return of Jesus Christ. Malachi 4, 4 through 6 tells us, and Jesus affirms this in Matthew seventeen nine through 13, that Elijah did come in fulfillment by John the Baptist. In the first fulfillment, in the power and the spirit of Elijah. And that Elijah will literally come again. Now you know what's happening all over the world right now. Islam is against America and the world. They seem to have a a free reign to intimidate and everything, right? They're rejoicing over anything that is a downfall towards America. Well, when Elijah comes, he's going to lay in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. Him and Enoch, as they are overcome by the Antichrist after the witness is over, and the whole world will be parting, sending gifts all over to each other. And after the three days, they're going to rise up. The Lord's going to take them up to heaven. And they're going to see them. You have seen nothing about the evil of man. These are only the beginning of troubles, Ladies and gentlemen. You don't want to be around. Hebrews 1. 1 and 2 says this. God who at various times and in various ways. Or portions and books. Spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. to whom also he made the world The last person to speak for God is Jesus Christ, no one else. Not the prophets, not the fathers anymore, Jesus Christ. He's the fulfillment of all those. No contradiction. The Old Testament was prophetic in types and shadows of the Messiah to come to redeem, regenerate, and resurrect the believer. All of the sacrifices of the Levitical Old Testament spoke of Christ. All of the furnishings of the tabernacle spoke of Jesus Christ, every one of them. All the high priests pointed to the ultimate high priest, Jesus Christ. His priesthood is untransferable. It stops with him. There are no more priests. I am not a priest, nor are you. We are collectively a kingdom of priests unto Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate high priest. The Old Testament prophecies of the resurrection and types were prophetic of the Messiah. I'm going to give you two. Abraham and Isaac went to Mount Moriah. God says... Offer to me your only son. What? How about Ishmael? God didn't recognize Ishmael. Ishmael was the work of the flesh. Only son. The parallel to Jesus Christ is only son. Prophetic. Dad, here's the wood, here's the fire, but where's the lamb? Son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. 2,000 years later on the same mountain, God provided his son. Golgotha, Calvary. Is Mount Moriah at the very top. Don't let the road that they cut between them deceive you. We're the bus Arab, these boys. <laughs> Ishmael was a work of the flesh. By the way, Ishmael was Egyptian and Jewish. How do you get a Palestinian from that? <laughs> the name Palestinia was given to the, by the Romans to the land of Canaan as an insult to the Jew. In 132.35, Rome salted the land and left a few Jews in there. And named it Palestinia, after their enemies, the Philistines. The ones who were considered Palestinians were the Jews left there. The few, as an insult, there has never been a Palestinian race, country, or nation. His only son. There's a type. God offered his son, like Abraham, his son. Listen, the commentaries in Hebrews 11:17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he had received the promise, offered uh, up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received them as a figurative sense, a type. So the New Testament tells us that's a true type. We're not making it up. In that action, it was prophetic as a type of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's a second one, and that is the ultimate sign that Jesus gave to the Jewish uh, religious rulers: the sign of Jonah. He says, "An adulterous uh, generation are you; no sign shall be given you except that by the prophet Jonah." As he spent three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Matthew twelve forty. Three days, types of the resurrection, very clear in the Old Testament. Now, you can see them clear without the New Testament interpretation, right? So the new interprets the old. Here you have a perfect example of that. This is all we are told in the Old Testament about death and resurrection, a very general thing. Now, the New Testament words are very, very detailed. The words of our Lord, let's begin with them, about his death and resurrection. In John two nineteen through 21, Jesus declared that if they destroyed the temple, as he's speaking to the Jews, that he would raise it up in three days. But he was speaking of his body, he tells us, not the temple. In Matthew twelve forty, Jesus also gave the sign to the Pharisees, as I just showed you, of Jonah. Very clear. By the way, Jesus believed in Jonah, being swallowed up by a whale. So give that to your professor in your university. Matthew seventeen nine, Jesus told Peter, James, and John that they were, as they were coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration, not to tell anyone about what they saw until the Son of Man was raised from the dead. But they didn't understand it because they had the Jewish mindset, the kingdom age. And by the way, the Mount of Transfiguration, is a preview of the second coming. Moses and Elijah are there, Jesus glorified, and they're talking about the kingdom. So you want to preview the second coming? Go to Psalm 2. <laughs> and you read it there. Matthew 16, 13-20, Jesus always mentions his crucifixion with the resurrection from the confession of Peter at Caesarea Philippi. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. From that point on in Matthew 16, 13-20, Jesus always mentions them together. He's six months from the cross. He's walking under the shadow of the cross. From Caesarea Philippi, he's headed down to Jerusalem. John 11, 21-27. Jesus, hearing the news of the death of Lazarus, his friend, due to illness, delayed two more days. And clearly, he told his disciples that Lazarus was not sick. He had died. But he would go, and they would see the glory of God. The words of those who Jesus appeared to after the resurrection as they gave witness of the death and resurrection of Jesus, are very, very important. Because you know if you go to a court, witnesses is very important. The law called for two or three. We're going to see it's more than two or three. The women at the tomb came and they saw Jesus resurrected. Peter saw Jesus resurrected. The men on the road to Emmaus saw Jesus resurrected. The ten disciples in the upper room saw Jesus resurrected. The 11, next Sunday, Thomas being absent, Judas hung himself, so there's only 11 left. Saw Jesus resurrected. James saw the brother of Jesus. Paul tells us here in the opening verses uh, of chapter 15 here, um, from verse 5 on down, he tells us to 9. uh, Of James, 500 at one time, verse 6. 500 at one time, some of them, most of them still alive. Last of all, Paul the Apostle. Wow, that's a lot of witnesses. The last time the disciples saw Jesus was as he was in the Mount of Olives. He ascended up to heaven. Now, they were used to him for 40 days, coming back and forth, appearing, disappearing, all that. And I'm sure the last time they were saying, oh, he'll be back, he'll be back. And they kept looking and go, wow, he's gone. He's not coming back. <laughs> he appeared only to believers, by the way, if you look at all those accounts. He appeared in a bodily form different from the previous body. Yet they ate with him. They touched him. They touched his body. When he ate the fish, it didn't fall to the ground. But he went through walls he went from Jerusalem to Galilee without a donkey or walking i'm i'm looking forward to the new model okay the entire gospel is centered on the resurrection which implies the death every sermon and through the book of acts Psalm 1610 is quoted, Isaiah 53, Hosea 6:2, Acts 2:25 on down, the sermon on the day of Pentecost, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every sermon through the book of Acts, resurrection, resurrection, resurrection. The words of the Apostle Paul about believers' death and resurrection have a great impact because Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. He is the key and chief apostle, a chosen vessel to suffer many things before God. Here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35 through 49, he gives the nature of the resurrection. In verse 35 through 38, Paul shows that there is a relationship to the old body, but not a resemblance. Listen carefully. In 35 to 38, he says, but someone will say, how are the dead raised up? And what body do they come That's the one who doesn't believe. The one that mocks you. You can hear the attitude. Foolish one. Good response. What you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be. But mere grain. Perhaps wheat of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he pleases. And to each seed its own body. Here it is. I go to Home Depot, I buy this ugly bulb, I go home, I dig a hole, I stick it in there. A week later, I see this little sprout starting to come up, then it grows, 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 and this beautiful flower comes out. So I dig it up, I cut it at the stem, I put the ugly bulb on my left, I put the beautiful flower on my right, and I say, there's no resemblance, but there's a relationship. This is the old bulb, it's ugly compared to the one that's coming. But there's a relationship, no resemblance. You get the picture. In thirty-nine to forty-one, Paul points out that God has given different bodies as it has pleased Him. Notice thirty-nine. He says, "All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is flesh kind of flesh of men, others of flesh of animals, others of fish, and another of the birds." Notice he didn't say evolution. He makes it the between male and Anna, anim- uh, man and woman, and animal. Okay, very simple. There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So there's different excellence and functions of the different designs of God. The celestial body the sun, a beautiful and He'll deal with the sun and the moon as we move on, the stars. The sun is a light giver. The moon is a reflector. The creation of the sea, it has its own excellence, its own glory. It's all hooked together by God's design. It's all His. It all works. It functions. Verse 41, there is one glory of the sun, a glory of the moon, another of the glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in glory. So even the stars in themselves, we look up and say, oh, they're all stars. God says, no, they're so different. Just like your right hand and your left hand, though they look alike, there's a little difference. Right foot, left foot. Right ear, left ear. It's just simple. God has done this purposely. He makes the parallel here of the excellence and glories by God's design.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese has been illustrating for us the simple truths of our resurrected bodies to come as we reach just the halfway point of an intriguing study drawn from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And you can request a copy of today's presentation titled The Physical Resurrection. Having a CD copy of your own makes it convenient to pass on the study to others, or perhaps catch up on parts that you may have missed on the radio. And you'll be receiving everything Pastor Xavier has planned for next time as well. Now, the title to ask for once again is The Physical Resurrection, and please include $4 to help with the cost of production and shipping. And here's how to get in touch. You can write Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107 Or to make your request by phone call 800 Again that's 800 Or the address once again is Simple Truths 2200 East Colorado Boulevard Pasadena California 91107 And it's helpful when you include the call letters of this station when you contact us I'll bet many of us took the time to plan a vacation last summer, even making reservations to ensure where we would stay. Well, if you haven't gotten around to making your reservations for your eternity yet, Pastor Xavier Reese says there's a limited offer still available. Don't miss the next Simple Truths.